You're listening to episode 111 of the 200 Churches Podcast. I wouldn't ask, where do you want to be in five years? Okay. I would ask, who do you want to be in five years as a church? And I would say, instead of talking about numbers and, and locations and services, instead talk about what kind of a culture are you trying to create? What is the heart of your church? What do you want the heart of your church to be in five years? What do you want the heart of your church to be in 10 years? And I think when we get the heart right, when we get the environment that we want to have at our church right, then that takes us to wherever God wants us to be. Welcome to the 200 Churches Podcast, where every Wednesday we produce a fresh episode of ministry encouragement for pastors of small churches. Now here are two guys who, like you, serve in the trenches of small church ministry. The Simon and Schuster of ministry podcasts, Jeff and Johnny. This is the 200 Churches Podcast. I'm Johnny Craig, and as always, I'm here with my friend and partner, Jeff Katie. Jeff Katie, Jeff, it is the first Wednesday of oh, March. Thank goodness. It's been a long thank winter. Goodness. Yes. I'm sure that half of our listeners are so happy that it's March. And probably three quarters of our listeners. It's are. about time. Yeah, absolutely. We we know we have our Australian contingent, and you guys do not care. It's always beautiful where you are. We're yeah. jealous. Yeah, but they're gonna go into winter though. Yeah, it gets winter. down to like 60s. <laughs> yeah, winter. Oh, oh, get your parkas. Oh, <laughs> parkas. There you go. Okay, well, Johnny, what's new? Well, yesterday, yes, I want to bring this up. I want to bring it up because I think because I think it's a good thing to talk about here. I have no idea what he's going to talk about. I'm afraid. Yesterday, you and I launched a online course for our church. Oh yeah. Yes, we did. We put together a, a six-week online course mm-hmm. for the people of our church. We had close to 40 people sign up to take the course. Maybe more. I don't even know how many. But we launched it yesterday. It got started. And it, I think it's just a win. It's a huge win. And I bring it up not because I'm trying to brag on us that we're obviously the coolest people in the nice world. It is nice to have something to brag about once in a while. But because we're trying something. We're trying something. We're trying a new communication method, which we've talked about before on the podcast and on the blog. We're trying something different, something exciting, trying to you know generate some interest. And I'm really excited. I'm excited that we've had that many people who were actually interested in taking this course. Johnny, can I tell them how we did it? Yeah, feel free. Okay, so here's what you do. This is so easy. You buy this program called ScreenFlow. You can use it on your Mac. You get a couple iPhones and a couple tripods, and you've got good 1080, 1080 is it P or I? I never know. 1080p, 1080p. Right? You got good cameras right there. You buy. You invest in a little lighting. You got to get a little lighting. You got to get yourself a nice background. You got to get a studio space. And you, you, you create this space. It's like a little studio space. Yeah. And you can make phenomenal videos of course you got to have somebody like johnny who can learn the video editing quickly and takes to it and actually has a passion to in what we're doing Uh, but to put together a course we put together a six-week course 10 15 minute lectures for each one and i say lectures but you and i have been doing podcasts together right yeah so we co-teach this thing and put it together with slides and information and graphics and and all this in and out stuff and it's it's really it's amazingly high quality with the technology we have today it's good stuff it really is it's good quality stuff and it's it's content that I'm really proud of and I'm really proud 
to put that out and to give that to our church members. But most importantly, 100% most importantly, I am really happy that we are finding a way to transmit important information to our people without them having to show up on a Sunday morning or on a Tuesday night or something like that. That, that. They can take this on their own time, they can learn at their own pace, but we're still trying to involve them with each other in online forums, and we're talking about important stuff with them, and really, I've learned as we've put together this course, and so I know they're going to learn as well, and I'm just excited about that. You know, usually when you want to have a class, you have to schedule it, you have to have a space, Yeah, everybody's got to be there at the same time, whether it's Somebody's going to miss, they've got to work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, People's schedules are getting busier and busier. With this, they just go online, they view the video on their iPhone, their smartphone, whatever, yep. or on their computer, and then they go into the to the discussion area and they answer questions, they give out input, and they go back and forth with each other on, on their thoughts and ideas as they're learning. So this is something that fits into the hyper-scheduled life of yes. the people that we you know are, are in our churches today. So... We'll let you know how this all goes. Maybe in the next couple of weeks, we'll give you an update on the podcast about what happened because I'm sure you're all so interested now. They're on the edge of their seats. You're just wondering, how will this go? But I am excited. I'm excited, Jeff, and I'm excited to share the story again, not because we think we're awesome, but because because I think we're living out some of the things that we try to talk about on the podcast, try new things, generate excitement, you know what I'm saying, try unique communication styles. Those are important truths that we're trying to carry out, and I would encourage our people, you listening, to do the same thing in your church. Not what we're doing, same thing, but the same thing that you're looking for those methods. Really, all they're interested in is the blooper reel. They just want the bloopers. We have a couple. They want what what's left on the cutting room floor, which is more <laughs> than what's left in the camera. Yeah, it's about 12-minute video with 35 minutes of bloopers. Well, not really not that many. <laughs> Jeffrey, today... On the podcast, we have my fuzzy warm blanket. Dave the Animal Jacobs. That's right. The Animal. Dave the Animal Jacobs from sunny Oregon. You know, I meant to ask him last time, does he say Oregon or Oregon? Oregon. That's stupid, I know, to ask, but I wanted to know. Oregon, right? Everybody says Oregon. I think some people say Oregon. They're the people that don't live there. It's like Colorado and Colorado. Or Missouri. Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. Don't say Missouri. My My wife always says, don't say it like that. I said, hon, come on, the people that live there say it like that. Missouri. She said, don't say it like that. I don't like it. I call it misery. Oh! (laughs) I'm sorry for all of our listeners in Missouri. (laughs) There goes the listeners in Missouri. (laughs) You guys are off. Well, today Dave is talking to us about vision. Yeah. He's talking specifically about vision from the pastor's perspective. What kind of a vision do you have for your church? How, How do you, and again, I guess we're not talking about how to transmit. No. Vision to your people. No, no, no. Not today. This is more like how do you even find the vision? Where, you know, where does okay. it come from? How do, you, how do you get a sense of it and how do you grasp it? And what do you do with it? You know, what do you do with it when you got it? How do you maintain it? Uh, you know, when, when it's kind of your passion might start waning, how do you maintain the vision? So questions, questions like that. And I think Dave has some really, really important insights about this topic. And honestly, I'm surprised right off the bat. You'll hear when we say, what is vision exactly? I, I was a little bit surprised by the way that Dave talked about it. I'm still surprised I don't remember how he talked about it, I'm Johnny. I'm equally but surprised. We're going to find out. <laughs> <laughs> and then I've got some thoughts after we talk to Dave right. to share about vision. Okay, here's Dave the Animal Jacobs. Dave Jacobs, so good to have you back on the podcast for this month of March. Welcome. Yes, 
You you uh, is that all you have to say is yes? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you caught me off guard. I you know, I just wasn't expecting anything here, but jumped right in. Dave. Hi guys, how are you? Hey, good, hey, Dave. Dave, great. How are you? Praising God. How oh, amen, amen, brother. amen, brother. Dave, <laughs> let's just get it right out right off the rip here. Let's just get it. You are the founder of smallchurchpastor.com, a site with resources such as coaching and leadership materials for small church pastors, and really for any pastor. Yeah, You're also the author of the book Mile Wide, Inch Deep, Soul Care for Busy Pastors. That, I am. That we would recommend. So if they go to smallchurchpastor.com, they can find the link for the book Mile Wide, Inch Deep. They can do that, or they could just go to Amazon and uh, look up Mile Wide, Inch Deep by Dave Jacobs. Well, there Still you fine. go. And we'll link to it on uh, episode 111 of the 200 Churches podcast as well. Because we love you, Dave. I know that. I know that. And love right back at you. Thank you. But it's it's a good book too, and it's it is really a good book. It's yeah. A, it's a book that uh, a pastor would get a lot out of because you know, Dave, you're you're down to earth, you're practical, and you lived in the trenches of of small church ministry for a long time, and you know what's up. The reality pastors. is, a lot of the most profound books are just are not long. So you're going to get your copy of Mile Wide Inch Deep and you're going to look at it and you're going to think this is small. And Dave, right at the beginning of the book, you even say like I wrote the book, it's as many pages as it is, and then I was done with the book. I mean, you kind of just say that right up front. <laughs> I know. It, I was a little disappointed, you know. I thought maybe I need to pad it, add a few extra 100, uh, you know, pages <laughs> just so it looked, you know, uh, more intimidating, but that was like all I had. Second edition, just get a lot of forewords. We'll write you a forward and we'll just pad some pages that way. Hey, Dave, do you remember, do you remember John Maxwell's lesson where he talks about books and reading books? And he says, hey, if you read a book, only read the first two or three chapters. That's, that's yeah. all you need to read. And then he laughed and he said, except for my books, of course. <laughs> so when you take John's first two or three chapters, they're going to be shorter than your book anyway. I mean, you just That's wrote right. the first few chapters that, you know, and, and cut it into smaller chapters. So, That's But it's right. profound. That's the point I was trying to make, that it's a you profound know, I, I have book. You know, I have to tell you a little story here. I was, uh, maybe this guy, uh, I won't mention any names, but he's an Anglican uh, priest and monk. And um, I was talking to him on the phone. And uh, he, he said, uh, he told me he'd been reading my book. Well, immediately I felt, you know, so intimidated. You know, here's a book on the spiritual disciplines, spiritual formation, spirituality. And, you know, here's a monk reading my book. And uh, I said, you know, I really value your, your feedback, you know. And he, he said, you know, I love it. I, in fact, I, you know, I'm going to read it again. And, boy, that made my whole day. You know, I thought, oh, my goodness. That's awesome. Monk yeah. Telling me he likes my book on spirituality. I mean, you know, that I, I you know, I was, uh, you know, just jazzed after that. He can write a d another forward. Yeah, I should have him for my next book. You're already up to two forwards. Your books are getting <laughs> substantially longer. Either I'll that, get past the 50 page mark. <laughs> either that, Dave, or you realize that you missed your calling. You should have been a Benedictine monk. There you go. No. <laughs> I know those guys. I don't I don't have it in me. All right. Well, hey, recently on the in the in the small church pastor Facebook group, uh somebody what was the question, Dave? Did you throw a question out there and well, somebody I, I, replied? I said, uh, you know, that I knew we were gonna be talking here and recording this podcast and I said, you know, everybody give me some ideas of things you'd like me to talk with Jeff and Johnny about and uh, a number of ideas, you know, came in and uh this was the one that we thought we'd uh, start out with. Well, we're talking about vision, and spoiler alert, 
it might be the one we're talking about because it was also a question that I asked. So well, I what, try to get as much free coaching out of you as possible, Dave. That's, that's right. That's and my believe me, That's the only way you're going to get free coaching out of me. <laughs> Perfect. So it's the vision thing, Dave. The vision yeah. thing. The vision thing all over again. And, and we're going to do we're going to do this month and next month with you on the vision thing. And this month we're talking about it as it relates uh, as it relates to the pastor, right? The pastor and the vision. Right. Right. So the the first question, Johnny, I think you made, took some notes on this. Yeah. What, what's the what's the first question the, when it comes to the pastor and, and vision? The first question is, what the heck is vision? Yeah. Except for leave the word heck out. Okay, I'll try it again. Because we're a podcast of what's, pastors. Wh- what in <laughs> the heavens? Amen. There you go, brother. Is vision. Ah, <laughs> oh, heck, I don't know. Oh, there it is. <laughs> and we just lost 352 listeners. Oh, geez. Oh, there went some more. Well, you know, that, that is a, a, really good, a really good question because we, we certainly hear it a lot, don't we? I mean, there's, you know, there's, uh, there's blogs about getting vision, books about getting vision. You know, we're, we're always quoting that verse, without vision people perish, and I'm not even quite sure that's how that verse should be used. But, you know, we've been comfortable in pulling verses out of uh, context before, so what the oh, heck. Yeah. Oh, there I used heck again. But <laughs> vision, you know, I, I think we, we have a – we run the risk of making it into something more uh, mystical um, or complicated than we really do. Now, I'm sure some of our readers are going to disagree with me on this, but I, I think a lot of times when we're talking about vision, uh, we're just talking about the ideas that we come up with to, um, uh, to move in the direction that we feel God wants us to move in, uh, as, our, you know, in as pastors of our local church. Um, and so I, I think of vision as, you know, um, what do we you know, think God is leading us to do uh, this year or the next three years. And so I like to think more along the lines of just, you know, the ideas. That sounds so unspiritual. And I think that's why people like to use the word uh, vision instead of ideas. Okay, so you're you're defining vision more as the, the ideas that you have for what's going on in your ministry. Uh, maybe think in terms of, you know, what our focus is going to be. You know, what is your focus going to be this year? What is your vision going to be, you know, for this year? And and these are, um, you know, just like I say, the, uh, the, the areas that, you know, we feel God wants us to put our time, energy, and resources in to accomplish, you know, certain goals uh, or certain values that we have. Dave, I'm a noob, okay? I've been, I've been doing this pastor thing for like three years. I'm a noob. I'm not pretending I'm anything but. But <laughs> I feel like when I, was, when I was going to church, when I was just a, a, a congregant or whatever you want to call it, if a pastor said, this is the leading by God, I was in. Like, yeah, absolutely. But right. now as a pastor, how do I know that an idea is not just from, you know, my manic mind? How do I know when it's from God? How, how do I determine what is just coming out of my uh, broken brain factory and what is really kind of an epiphany? Does that question make sense? Yeah, it does. I, I think the epiphany thing is a component of, of vision, but it doesn't have to be. Um, and see, so, yeah, that's where I think by, when we use the word vision, we, you know, we really think that, you know, I was walking in the park the other day and the clouds parted and I heard a voice say, you know, I want you to focus on children's ministry. That's all I'm looking for. Yeah. That sounds well, phenomenal. Well, we all, you know, um, but <laughs> we all. I just think that's part of it. I, um, 
it sounds to me like, you know, your, your question is, you know, like, how does it come to us? You know, when, when we say that we, uh, you know, we have vision, here's my vision for 2015 and, and things like that. The, the question is, how does one get vision? And it, it, it is a great question, isn't it? it yes. It, it is a good question. You know, I think over the years, I have tended, I, I, literally today, I would downplay it a lot, personally. I would. I think I like the I like the term mission. You know what what is what is my mission at this church, and okay. how I accomplish it may be different at different times of the year or in different years. Um, and yet, okay, I'm going to just contradict what I just said. Okay, go ahead. the The vision that we have at at our church, the vision itself is about how we accomplish what our mission is. Okay. okay. So the vision for us is to have authentic relationships with God and with others 24-7. Okay, that, nice. That's our vision. And, yeah. and the, the foundation of that vision would be love, okay, because yeah. love is the foundation of authentic relationships. But our vision is going to be the same, and our mission is, what's our mission, right? To make right. disciples. Right. And, and to do it through authentic relationships. Um, right. So now I've just defined... There, Johnny. There's your vision, and there's your mission. Fulfill it's it. It's simple now. This Let's is just implement. Your church is going to get really big. <laughs> Amen. That's church why growth. we have you here, Dave. Church growth, That's baby. right. Church I want to give you those golden keys that you can turn, uh, <laughs> promising and guaranteeing big crowds and big offerings. I'm fine with huge vision. Love God, love others 24-7. That's wonderful. That's gigantic, though, right? Like That's overarching type... I'm saying, what about that idea to move a ministry to a new night or to pick up a different program or to fire a, a volunteer or a staff person? Now, those wouldn't be vision issues. But the smaller, like, brass tax issues of church ministry, we don't exist at the level of loving God and others 24-7. Uh, that'd be nice. But we exist in the muck and the mire and the trenches of ministry, and that's the type of vision that I'm wondering, how do you get it? How do you, you know, run with right, it? Right, right. I, I, here's a few suggestions. I think, first of all, when, whenever we're talking about vision, if we're talking about new vision, if we're talking about ideas, new ideas, programs, you know, we have to stop and, and ask ourselves, what's wrong with the old vision? You know, we live at a time where, you know, we have this pressure, you know, what, what new thing is God doing in your church? What new vision do you have for this year? This expectation that there's always going to be new. But a lot of times uh, the original marching orders are good enough. And, and a lot of times that, you know, what our vision was five years ago is still our vision today. How we work that out how we carry it out might change. And I think you talked about that, Jeff. You know, the, the methods might change. But the overall vision, the overall mission, the overall areas that we're passionate about or that we believe the church should be focused on, those things, they, they don't always change that often, but the methods do. And so when we're talking about uh, vision and stuff, I, boy, the, the, the first question I ask is, what's wrong with your old vision? What is outdated about your old vision? Now, most pa pastors at that point will say, well, uh, nothing is wrong with my old vision. And then so why do you feel now like you need to add things 
let's say you got four things on your list of vision or something like that. Why do you why do you feel like you need to add something new? Maybe the old vision is good enough, but maybe you need to tweak how you're carrying that vision out or adapt how you're carrying that vision out because maybe your situation at your church has changed. Maybe people have left. Maybe people have joined you. All those factors can affect how we do our vision. And so the the things, you know, like um, uh, how do I expand children's ministry? Um, how do I, you know, th- those kind of nuts and bolts things, that is just under the, the larger umbrella that, you know, we value children and our, you know, we have a vision for making uh, our children, you know, helping them become devoted followers of Jesus. Uh, how we do it, i.e. children's ministry, hiring someone, firing someone or whatever, those are all under that canopy. You, you see the, the difference between what our vision or mission, and, and I'm fine with substituting a lot of different words for this, vision, ideas, mission, all these kind of things. But, you know, there's a difference between how we execute the vision uh, and the vision itself. You know, I think that, I think what Johnny's getting to is that sometimes, uh, sometimes people in our churches are so tied to the method that we feel like we have to cast an enormous vision to get them not to get a new vision, but to just change their method of doing it from one thing to the next. Right. So, right. you know, if, we, if we've been, you know, doing a children's ministry, youth ministry with this particular program, you know, worship ministry in a certain way, the discipleship ministry using these, you know, set of tools for, for a long, long time. Yes. Um, it, it, we almost feel like we have to cast a new vision just to get a group of people away from using one program to use something new or right. to create something new. So when you said, what's wrong with the old vision, sometimes there's, there's nothing wrong with the old vision. There's just something uh, stale about the old methods. And what yeah. we, we really just want to teach some new methods and, and liven things up just a little bit and get people to think in a fresh way about what yeah. they're trying to accomplish. Well, of course, it's a, a good, you know, the good, first of all, we, you know, we have to educate our people and our leaders about this very thing that methods will change. Sometimes methods become ineffective and we have to change them. Sometimes your methods can be working, but it's good to change them anyways, yes. just to kind of bring new breath into it. There's nothing yep. wrong with that. We have to train our people and train our leaders about this whole, you know, dynamic that uh, methods will change. We don't want to be wed, you know, married to any single method. We want to be a little flexible. Um, when we teach on this over and over and over again, then people, they, they will be better at embracing a change um, of the methods, you see. But it, it's really an educating, you know, process that we're okay with changing methods. We're not okay with changing our values or changing our mission. That kind of remains, you know, uh, firm and set. So when talking about, you know, receiving the vision, we, we begin and ask, um, what's wrong with the old vision? And then, you know, I think a lot of times we just use common sense in determining new vision. By that, I mean, you know, based on our understanding of the Word of God and just uh, things like that, we kind of know what the church is supposed to be about. Now, you know, people will argue about that. Some churches focus on one thing over another. But what does common sense tell you? That a, that a church should be doing, you know, and then how are you doing with those things? Of those things you come up with, 
i.e. what should a church be doing? Are you doing all those things? Are you not? How well are you doing them? Do they, do, do they need to be shored up uh, or, you know, tweaked? So, you know, we have that, that common sense. And then I, I just think that vision, probably more if we're talking about new vision, Vision comes about through prayer and saturating ourselves in the Word of God. Uh, there will be times when uh, we're drawing close to God, and He'll show His heart to us and, and say, you know, this year I want your church to focus on this. And it's something that maybe you haven't focused on in the past. So we don't, we don't want to make this completely an exercise with the intellect uh, we want to remember that sometimes new vision does come, and the Holy Spirit just kind of presses it into your heart. Dave, a, a question that I had, um, and I actually asked it in the small church pastor group and got a lot of really good feedback, but a question that I had was, we all know that you know churches move in, in months and years, not hours and days. Yes. And how do we as pastors stay focused, stay passionate, stay committed to a vision as time passes. And now, maybe I'm alone in this, I don't know. But for me, I, I have an attitude uh, and a mentality where, oh, we have, we have this idea, let's get it done like now. And so, yeah. you know, the process of walking with people and really trying to lead and do a good job, what, is that, what does that look like to maintain that vision and that passion for the vision? Right. Well, I, I think we have to um, really understand that uh, the kingdom of God is basically slow. God's work in people is slow. Those of us who've worked in a church, we realize that change uh, happens very slow. And, and sometimes the slower the change, uh, the stronger it'll be, the, the more sturdy um, you know, it will be. And, uh, you know, I think we just have to embrace patience in so many areas of our life, but pastoring is one of them. You know, even using the word passionate, how do I remain passionate about the vision? Um, that word itself makes me a little nervous because, you know, we, that involves our emotions. And, and our emotions will go up and down throughout the course of the year. There'll be times when we're excited about what's going on in the church and times when we're not that doesn't necessarily mean that we should change anything because we're not excited about things. But if we're defining passion as ma maintaining focus and being in it for the long haul, well, then that's a that's a whole you know uh, different thing. That's so yeah. So that's I mean that's um, my question I guess is even you know I because I can feel it I can feel my emotions change and I can feel my passion wane, but I'm I'm just as convinced about the direction. I'm just as convinced about the importance of it. So how do right. I press past the ups and downs and all arounds? How do, how do you press past that? It does have to begin with a firm conviction that the, the, the vision you have, the, the values that you're embracing, you know, are firmly, you know, from the Lord. And that will always, you know, keep us in the game, you know, for the long haul. It's kind of like when pastors are convinced they've been called into the ministry. A lot of times that's the only thing that keeps them in the ministry. Same way with some of these values. You know, once we feel, you know, pretty well that this is what God wants me to focus on, we, we want to keep falling back on that. When our emotions begin to drop or we're not as excited, maybe we're beginning to feel a bit bored, we have to remind ourselves, 
you know, that, that God led us into these four or five things that we're going to focus on. And I, I need to not pay too much attention to my emotions and just keep doing what I know to be right. I, I think this is one of the greatest challenges we have in, in pastoring and even in pastoring in a smaller church is just keep doing the things you know is right, regardless of the outcome. Now, I, let me just say, you know, if you're doing something that's bearing bad fruit or something, of course, that's that's one thing. But, you know, we know what we're supposed to be doing, and we just have to do it every day, every week, every month, every year. There's a lot of things that fall in that category where you just keep doing them, and you keep doing them. And if it feels good, great. If it doesn't feel great, uh, then, you know, we have to accept that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I was just talking with my small group last night, and we were talking about spiritual health and and what defines spiritual health. And I said, I think sometimes spiritual health can be defined very simply as just not giving up, you know? Hey, yeah, that is so good. Just not, just continuing to go when it's hard and when things aren't working out the way you want them to. And I think for as a pastor, um, and, and as pastors, I'm speaking for all of us, I think that uh, vision is just sometimes it's just not quitting because, yeah. you know, we, we lay out our plan for, and, you know, the kingdom of God also doesn't happen in calendar years. You know, he, yes. he said the kingdom of God is slow. It, it also doesn't run between either September and June or yeah. January to December. Say what? Yeah, I know, I know. It really doesn't. Yeah. And and the kingdom of God is uh, is a living, breathing thing, and we just can't give up. So for yeah. me, and you talked about you know being called to this this thing of ministry. Um, I, I know God has called me to ministry, and unless unless God's holding up that 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 sign that's smoking like the burning bush that yes. says you know get out of town, get out of Dodge, run, run, call you haul right. you know whatever. Right. I'm not supposed to, I don't think I'm supposed to quit because right. I think that I think that the fulfillment of some part of the vision is right around the corner. Yeah. And you know at at our church we can just be a little bit transparent here for a second. Um you know Johnny and I have been working together now for about two and a half years. Okay. And Johnny, there's been a lot of ups and downs in two and a half years. Only ups. Only well for you, especially <laughs> working with me, but yeah, but, no, but, for sure. But no, and in just the last couple of months, we've been encouraged by new families that have mm-hmm. showed up at our church, and nice. that some of them have have needs that we're suited as a church to fill. Yeah, and others are are you know half and half. They have some needs, but they bring some things to the table as well as uh, as. Um, you know, people who can serve, and then other people have come, and they're man, they're just they're they're ready to go. They're plug and play, right? And what have we done? I mean, we haven't like advertised. You know, we we haven't you know sent emails to our zip code or anything like that. I right, mean, right. Uh, it's just happened, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Jeff, I really feel that um, that there there might be a a large number of pastors listening to us today that need to hear just this simple word of hang in there and keep doing what you know to be right and and don't give up and just because maybe some of the things don't seem to be bearing fruit don't assume that you're doing something wrong that you need to change things um you know just hang in there keep doing the basic things don't uh, don't expect there to always be something new or you know we joked a while ago about you know a golden key that if we turn it will everything will right. be different 
Um, building a church is just slow, hard work. And, and sometimes we get bored and then we start thinking that our ideas are, you know, inspiration from the Holy Spirit when really we're just bored and we need to be, um, you know, encouraged to just stay the course. And if you're listening today and, and that's where you're at, you're sitting there saying, man, that's, that's me. Uh, you're not alone. So many of us, you know, we've all felt that way, uh, either in our past, our present, or our future. Hang in there and do just the basic things that you know you're supposed to be doing as a pastor uh, and the things that you know a church is supposed to be doing. And uh, I believe that God, if you need to do something more or if you need to do something less, God is able to show, you know, that to you. But hang in there. Don't give up and don't always be looking for something new to make some huge change because it's probably not out there. Absolutely. And and I tell you, for me, this conversation is, is hitting home directly. And so I really appreciate this. Dave, next month, we're going to talk about vision some more, but we're changing focus a little bit. So for April, yeah. we've talked today a lot about the pastor. How do we get vision? How do we maintain? Next week, we're talking about you know, spreading the vision, casting the vision, right? Yeah. Getting people involved in the vision. And so yeah. we're really looking forward to that. And, and Dave, uh, we look forward to talking to you then. Well, I'm looking forward to that because it, it really is. There are two sides to this coin. First of all, we get our vision or receive our vision, and then we've got to implement it. We've got to cast it. You know, we talk about casting vision. And, of course, the other side of that is then maintaining it. We talked today about how do I maintain a passion for the vision for the church, but then how as pastors do we maintain the vision for the organization or the church? And, and how do we make sure that we go from where we are today to where we want to be as far as implementing vision? So that's going to be a, another really good practical thing for us to talk about. Okay. Can't wait. Thank you, Dave. Thanks, guys. So good to have Dave Jacobs on today. And as usual, Dave just brings a wealth of wisdom and encouragement. He's like a walking ministry encyclopedia. I mean, it's like if you have a topic, you're like, Dave, we're going to talk about this topic. We're going to give you maybe, sometimes we give him like 15 minutes notice. He's like ready to go. Like, I feel like he could write just books on books on books. He wrote the one book, which we talked about at the beginning with him. Um, but he could just keep on going forever. He just has so much good to say. Well, he's got so much practical ministry experience. Yeah, yeah. You know, as we were talking about vision, I was thinking to myself, in the 80s and 90s, with the big church growth movement that we had then, yep. it, the question was, where do you want your church to be in five years? Where do you want your church to be in 10 years? And the question always had to be answered by saying, well, today we're a church of 100, so in five years we want to be a church of 250. Today we have one staff member. In five years we want to have, you know, 2.5 staff members. <laughs> you know, we've sure. got, today we have one morning service. In five years we want to have two morning services. You know, these types of things. Right. So today if I were to ask that question, I wouldn't ask where do you want to be in five years. Okay. I would ask who do you want to be in five years huh. as a church? And I would say instead of talking about numbers and and locations and services, instead talk about what kind of a culture are you trying to create in this group that is the people of your church? What kind of an ethos, what kind of an environment are you trying to create in your church? What is the heart of your church? What do you want the heart of your church to be in five years? What do you want the heart of your church to be in 10 years? 
And I think when we get the heart right, when we get the environment that we want to have at our church right, then that takes us to wherever God wants us to be. And that's, so I think that's the bigger part right there. We're not trying to project out where we want to be. Well, God will take us where he wants us to go if we are who he wants us to be. If we are... Day by day. Right. Day by day, week by week, year by year. And some will say, well, yeah, but you've got to, you've got to know... You've got to know the destination in order to chart the route. That's true if you're taking a trip, <laughs> right? That's not always true in leading a ministry. And, and, and it's not even leading. It's, it's living a ministry, living in community and in ministry with the people who make up your church. And you have no idea who's going to leave tomorrow right. or who's going to come tomorrow that, will, that could greatly change the character, the personality, the makeup of your church. We've seen this happen in our church. Absolutely it has. One, two in people just a couple can years. change the entire culture. I mean, it can change Dan so Ryland much. Dan talked about that. What did Dan say one time? Dan said something like two or three key influential leaders moving into a small church can completely change the dynamic of the church. Yeah. He said something like that. I'll, I'll just blame him. If, I'll believe that that's if true. people don't like it. Absolutely. But. Especially, especially if you as the pastor are willing to let that happen. As long as you're not trying to fight the health, as long as you're not trying to move. If you are letting people live kingdom in your church, I think good things are going to happen. Absolutely. And you'll become who you want to become. Yeah, as long as we're not controlling. Right. And trying to dictate, you know, what the church is like and where it's going. But again, I think we have to say, like, for, for instance, ours we start with love. Right. We start with love. And then everything grows out of that. Because if you, if you don't have that, it doesn't really matter what you get. Right. It doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter how many locations, how many services. You have all people. the people, all the everything. If you don't have a love. That's what it's got to be about. It's, it's useless. Right. So if you start with love, then I feel like, you understand when I say this, I feel like God has something to work with. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right? yeah. Because God's not going to work with indifference, apathy, an unloving spirit, an unloving heart. Right. God's not going to bring more sheep into that right. particular pasture. Sometimes I think we think, well, God, no, God's just going to figure it out. Absolutely. God's going to figure it out. But, like, we can we can try to help. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we have a responsibility as pastors and as leaders to create spaces and to create environments. Like you're saying, creating that who we want to be, creating a heart at our church that lines up with what we see God saying in Scripture, which is love, love, lovey, love, love, love. And there's more, right? Don't get mad at me because I'm saying God is love and not talking about sin and all this. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying God is love. And and if we are not basing our, our ministry decisions in love, yeah, what are we doing? So, Pastor, if you're still listening at this point in the podcast— Congrats. Well, we're impressed, number one, because just as podcasts go, not everybody, of course, listens to the end of a podcast. Sure. But if you're still listening, uh, the chances are you're, you're pretty serious about your leadership, the leadership of your church, and how you're doing at your church. So let me ask you, and, and you can ask yourself, what, what do you want the heart of your church to be? You've got to be that. What, what, do you want to, what kind of an environment do you, or do you want to create at your church? How do you want the people to treat each other? You've got to start. You've got to be 
be the change you want to see in the world, right? (laughs) But but this is true here. It is true. You're the pastor. You go first. You set the temperature, for sure. Exactly. Create the environment. Create the culture. Create the, here's a big word, the ethos of your church. The vision. Your local church. Yeah, and you cast the vision of who you want your church to be by you being that first. So start with love. And when you start with love, you cannot you cannot get to the wrong destination. Now, some would argue with that, but if you don't have love, it doesn't matter what destination you end up at. That's right. So I think that's primary. Dave, we love having you on the podcast. We appreciate you get us thinking about things in new ways. I know that you listening, you're thinking about things in new ways because of Dave. And you can read more of Dave Jacobs at smallchurchpastor.com. Again, pick up his book if you haven't gotten it yet. It is little, but it is big at the same time. Thanks so much, Dave, for being on. And thank you for listening to the 200 Churches Podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and inspired by this episode of the 200 Churches Podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe at 200churches.com and receive the guy's free PDF download called Our 7 Favorite Ministry Resources. You can count on us to be back next Wednesday with another brand new shiny episode just for you. Until then, may God bless you as you lead and love the people in your 200 church.